0: I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro San Filippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Okay, everybody, welcome back to It's the Journey. So, if you're, if I actually manage to get the video going on this, you'll notice some different equipment than I normally have. I'm recording away from home. I'm actually out of, out of, uh, I'm in California now visiting some family and I'm practicing recording remotely so that when I'm on the road later this year, I've got my, equipment down, and I know what works and what doesn't work. And I'm actually dual recording the the uh, the sound right now with a remote with a with a handheld recording device slash microphone called this yellow tech device, as well as the audio for my, uh, my computer. And we'll see which one I like better. So there you go. But um, today, I want to dive into a topic Uh, the last several weeks I've opened up and said, Hey, if, if somebody has a topic that they were interested in or want me to dive deeper into uh, please let me know. After I did the episode on financial planning, uh, someone let me know. They want me to dive deeper into some of my thoughts on buying a house because, uh, in the past I wrote some blog posts about that, not here, but when I had my financial planning business, um, and over the years, uh, I wrote a little bit about that in, in uh, afterlife, I've, I've, I've been thinking more about the cost of homeownership and what it does to so many people's lives, because we don't really, um, we aren't given the education and and we don't, for whatever reason, take the time to really dive into what it is. And we kind of do what everybody else does, which puts us all in kind of the same situation, which is uh, often our housing costs eat our lives. So I want to dive into some of that. And, and part of it has to do with what does it really mean to be able to afford something? Um, I want to write more broadly about that in all aspects, but today I'm going to focus on it with, uh, spe- specifically with, with a house. And I did, I'm going to go back to my notes here. And I guess so again, so what does it mean to be able to afford a house? Um, and I'm going to go in, start again, like I always do, with a, with a quote from Henry David Thoreau. And he said, the cost of a thing is the amount of what I will call life, which is required to be exchanged for it immediately or in the long run, end quote. And that was, that was from his book, Walden. So I'm going to kind of paraphrase my blog post here, which you can find the full, the full article on my website in the show notes. From time to time, I see these snarky comments floating around the internet and I get it. I totally understand where it's coming from. But people will make a comment about how they've been paying rent for so many years without ever missing a payment, but the banks or won't give them a loan. They say that they can't afford a house. And with homeownership being such an integral and defining piece of this American dream, it can be devastating. And difficult when you see this as part of your life and your dream, and it's forever seemingly out of reach. And it's it's made even worse right now with this crazy housing market, uh, and uh, coupled with higher rents, and it all makes it makes all of this feel even worse. So I want to tackle renting versus buying renting versus owning some other time. Today, as part of this, you know, broader financial literacy topic, I want to, I want to jump into what it really means to afford something and today specifically to afford a home, to afford a house. Uh, Again, before I start any of that, I want to remind you all that I am not your financial advisor. I'm not giving specific advice. I'm just, these are broad, observations from my personal experience as a homeowner and former financial planner for the previous 27 years of my life. All right, with that out of the way, let's jump in. So first of all, while I'm not defending banks, I'm not a banker, never have. Well, I worked at a bank, but I wasn't a banker. (laughs) Um, For a short time, I worked at a bank, but I was never a banker. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Banks want to lend money. Uh, to as many people as possible who can pay them back with interest because lenders, I'm sorry, borrowers are customers and that's how they make money. But um, with that, the reality is a huge number of people who did qualify, I'm putting that in in air quotes for people that can't see, to buy a house really can't afford as much house as they're buying. So, So first of all, like, when you qualify for a loan they're just looking at three three big things again i'm not a bank bank underwriter but this is what i was taught and confirmed it with a, a quick search um, is the big things they're looking at is your is your is your credit score to see what kind of risk you might be based on your past payment history um, they look at your loan-to-value ratio, so how much you're putting down when you buy the house. And then uh, the other thing is your debt-to-income ratio. How much debt do you have and owe other people relative to your income plus you know, the debt that, that you're trying to apply for. And for housing, what I was taught you know, when I was studying to be a financial planner is that roughly you know, your housing expense should be about 30% of your income as a, as a place to start or a rule of thumb and the problem with that is I I've seen, you know, personally when I used that to buy my first houses and then when I saw people doing that over and over again, there's several, several problems with that or where areas where people can run into problems. And one of the big ones is uh, real time depreciation is almost never, ever accurately budgeted for. So if you, if, for example, if, if you buy a rental house, the government, acknowledges that it's depreciating. It's slow you know, entropy is coming along and making everything, you know, break down over time. And for a rental home, they give you a twenty seven and a half year depreciation schedule. So they're basically saying it's losing it's falling at a 3.63% rate. Not not losing value, but it's like the it's it entropy is reducing. They allow you to depreciate the asset by 3.63% for tax purposes, so that you can set aside some of that money to start replacing all the things that it's going to need in the future. And so let's just look at averages. So a quick, quick Google search says that the average home price right now is over $400,000 and that it's up 100000 from just 2020. So I know that's really high. And depending on where you live, that might be really low. And you're like, I wish I could find a house for 400,000 or you'd be like, there's no, you know, that that I could buy a house for 200,000 and be just fine. So you can scale all my numbers up or down based on this is just as a starting point or as an example, but with this $400,000 example, the depreciation would be 14,000 over 14,000 per year. So if it's a brand new home, of course, you don't need to, you don't need to replace the roof next year or the plumbing or the wiring, but in the tile floors and all the things that are slowly going to break down over the years. But those things eventually come to catch you, which is the next point is if you're buying an older home, which I, I imagine the vast majority of houses that are bought and sold each year are older homes, you're usually buying decades of deferred maintenance because of exactly the the point with the new home. Like people buy a house, they live there for however many years, and there's really nothing that they have to do. But after a certain point, things start breaking down. All the appliances, every single thing in that home has some kind of a shelf life, Uh, whether it's just from normal wear and tear or sometimes insects or water damage or who knows what, you know. So the if you are buying an older home, it can have, you know, there's years of deferred maintenance, uh, like like a roof or whatever, like I talked about, and even more expensive or problematic things like maybe it was built in a time when they put asbestos shingles or siding on there, maybe it has lead pipes, maybe it has lead paint, maybe it's got old and dangerous wiring that you need to replace. Uh, I wrote a lot about this in um, my my own old house adventures in afterlife, waking up from my American dream. If you want to look at some more of my thoughts on on that, but so so after you buy the house, you know you're, you're paying for your 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 mortgage. So on top of budgeting for all those things, there's all the things you're going to want to do to the house. Just decorating and landscaping and furnishing it um, and speaking of furnishing it you then have to fill the house with all your stuff you know where there's your knickknacks and decorations and artwork and all that kind of stuff and that's all money and it's all stuff that's usually again has a shelf life if you buy your your couch your couches and artwork in towels whether they wear out or you just get sick of looking at them or enough time goes by that they look dated and you just don't like them anymore they've fallen out of style and then pretty soon you're buying a new picture for that one wall and new drapes because well they do work but they're looking a little you know ratty or whatever it might be and we keep serial remodeling and replacing things over the years often to pay for, especially a lot of the bigger projects, the the have to do's, the, the the cracked foundation and the the roof, and then the want to do's, like well maybe we'll put a pool or a hot tub in or whatever you know, fix up this little patio because Fourth of July is coming up or whatever it might be. A lot of times people keep serial um, refinancing their homes, so sometimes. People can live in a house for years and years and years, or even decades, and they still have a 30-year mortgage. And sometimes the mortgage is bigger than it was when they started, because not only are they refinancing to maybe lower their interest rate, but they might also be pulling out some equity to pay for some of these big projects. So it's like, well, I'll just, they start using the equity in their home, if they're lucky enough to have it appreciate, to then finance more expenses for the home. And it's more things that are going to appreciate and need to be maintained and and kept up and replaced eventually. Oh, and on top of this, you still have to pay for homeowners insurance, real estate taxes, and utilities. And then often, young people that are buying a house are couples that are buying it with the intention of starting a family. And after the baby or babies arrive, the expenses go up even more. And sometimes income can go down Permanently or temporarily, if if one of the parents works less or or not at all in terms of earning income, they're they're going to work a whole lot more in terms of being a, in terms of being a parent. But maybe maybe the income falls because they're not working uh, to get a paycheck. So so those are those are all real costs. And then rarely do people take into account the opportunity cost of all the time and money that they have to spend. Um, working on their home. So the, the the maintenance is something I already talked about, but a lot of people do as much of that as they can themselves. So then they're spending their free time learning how to be, which I did. That was, that was part of what I talked about in my book was all the time in my free time, I had to spend learning how to do carpentry work and electrical work and learning how to lay tiles and replace kitchens and bathrooms and build a patio. And I did... Thousands and thousands of hours of work, because every time I looked at having it done, it costs two, three, four times as much. And so either I had to, and I didn't have the money. So I had to go either I would have to like delay it for years and years and years. And sometimes they were projects that couldn't be delayed. Uh, if it had to do with electrical work or something like that um, or something that we really wanted to do because you have this house and we want to make it look nice and, and you get caught up in all these all these want to do things and then then pretty soon you're spending hours and hours and hours and weekends working on things and fixing things and maintaining things and then for me as a as a young parent that meant I had to tell my son no I can't play because I have to do this and I have to do that and my son saw me as leaving every day of the week during the week, and then on the weekends coming home and just working around the house to to, to just maintain this this beast that was consuming my life to pay for it. Um, so that's a whole another that's a whole another topic. But you know, when we go back to this example uh, about if you can afford a house going back to that 30%. So with just the the example I gave you with, with if you actually budgeted for depreciation and paid for just the mortgage and the, the, the mortgage um, expense, that's already, uh, you already have to have in this example for this $400,000 house, you already have to have uh, over $100,000 income to keep to keep your expense for just those things in the 30% range. If you factor in the actual cost of, of uh, all the deferred maintenance you're going to have to pay for of all the things you're going to have to have to buy to, to keep your house functioning and furnished and, and then keep it the way you like, it's easily going to be more than 30%. And then if you're a young couple and you're wanting to start a family, you got to like, What's our, will our income change? And the, the assumption is like, well, often be like, well, it'll just just keep going up. Well, it doesn't it doesn't always do that or it doesn't maybe go up fast enough to keep up with inflation. You know, now is the first time in decades where we've actually had to think about inflation. Uh, most people. You know, m- younger than my age or younger, really never had to inflation really wasn't a thing, even when I started uh, working. 27 years ago, it was barely noticeable. And, you know, this 9% that we had this year is absurd. That means your income has to keep rising at least that fast just to pay for that. And so, going back to what Thoreau said, you know, what is the real cost of that homeownership? How much of your life are you sacrificing for the house? You know, and if you could truly pay for all those maintenance and repairs and budget items, uh, is, that, is that helping you achieve whatever your bigger goals are in life? You know, if you want to be financially free, is having that home and paying for all those things helping you towards that other goal? I think going back to uh, some of the things I talked about in, in my thoughts on financial planning episode... Knowing your dreams and then having a, have them clearly defined and then building a specific action plan to map out what you're trying to do is an absolutely key step into really knowing how much of a house you can afford related to the entirety of what it is you're trying to do. There's one thing of like, well, I earned this and you could spend that but how does that fit into your big picture? And that is never done. It's I'm not picking on anyone, but like bankers don't do that and and real estate agents don't do that and insurance agents don't do that. And, and the only one that does that is someone that provides a specific service in financial planning. Now, some insurance agents do aspects of financial planning. So finding a financial professional that does this kind of work or a coach or something like that. And again, that's not me. I'm not selling this. I don't offer this. (laughs) I'm done, but reach out and, and, you know, go into the CFP website and find someone, read some books, do your own research and, and figure, you know, help work on this and figure it out. In addition, you know, to the renting and buying thing I want to talk about at some point, uh, there's other ways you can reduce your cost. Uh, one of them is just simply having, having a smaller home. Uh, I did, I did a quick, uh, Google search and it, I think it back in, in the early seventies, the average home size in America was like around 1400 square feet. And by, uh, I think last year, or a few years ago, the average rose to 2600 square feet. So and with, with, in the 70s there were five people on average in a household and in the current number it was like two point something. So we have this idea of the house, we have to have so much more space. And so then that adds all all your costs are bigger. So one thing might be just simply living in a smaller home it, it may be, maybe maybe I see so many people in my own neighborhood have, that have bought duplexes and knocked down walls and turn them into a single family home, which go in the opposite direction. So maybe you have a duplex, or maybe you figure out a way to buy a duplex or a fourplex, and, and then you can rent out the other ones. And that might be something you have to work towards uh, if that fits into whatever it is you're trying to do. Uh, maybe you rent out an extra room. Maybe you do Airbnb, maybe what are you doing that works for you? And how did you figure out how that fits into your life and your goals and your dreams? So if you want to share any of that, you can sh- send me a note, send me an email. I won't share your, uh, I don't, I don't want your financial information, but just like big picture ideas of what you're doing. Um, if it's something you want to share, uh, anonymous anonymously, I can, I can post some of those ideas on another episode. But, um, until then, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad about where they are. Uh, a lot of times you 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 make the best decision you can when you're getting started and then if you keep earning more, then your house will become more and more affordable if you keep the rest of your lifestyle and expenses under control and that would be that would really be the best thing is because like you start off and you buy what you want and need and then if you can keep from this serial remodeling and serial upgrading that will save you a lot uh, as you go along. Um, and that's something else I didn't even talk about is you know, so many people either know or assume that they're, they're going to move relatively quickly. Um, you really have to look at what's what's the realistic appreciation on the house? What's the cost to buy and sell the house in terms of moving fees and commissions and ex- all those fixed and variable expenses? Um, and compare that, that big lump sum cost to doing that to just renting you know here and there until you know where you're going to be sitting for a while. So those are some thoughts. Um, I hope that was helpful. I just wanted to dive into that a little bit more is um, part of talking about how you can live your dreams and this this finance is a piece of it uh, my old business was called integral wealth and I want to really keep diving into some aspects of that where the idea is your wealth is more than just your money it's your it's your health and your happiness and in pursuing your dreams and the things that provide meaning and value to your life but there's a practical aspect to all that of Of your finances and I think I can talk about that in broad terms where I'm not giving financial advice I'm never gonna give investment advice here that's not what I do but it's more just broad financial planning concepts that I think would be helpful for people to think about and then dive in deeper with a professional and it feels so fun and rewarding and gratifying to be able to talk about this um, without without the, um, I'm not, I'm not selling anything. And if you want to buy my book, great, you know, but other than that, I'm not, I'm not trying to be your coach. I'm not trying to be your advisor, just trying to help people think through some things that will maybe keep them out of trouble or help them achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve in life. So that's what I got. I hope that was helpful. If you like what I'm doing, please let me know. Please let me know if there's something else you want me to dive into more deeply. And I hope you have an amazing day and you're working towards your dreams and that you enjoy your journey. Thank you so much.